See, it's like they're playing the whole cat and mouse game or the game of tag. You're it. And we're talking about the MLB Players Association and how these guys can't come to an agreement on how many games they want to play along with the union. The union's just like, hey, we don't want to play no more than 100 games. We don't want to play 80 games. We don't want to play 70 games. Let alone, I don't even think they want to play 60 games. So, if there is an MLB season this year, we know right now it's probably going to be less than 70 games because it's been shot down so many times. I mean, the Players Association are giving these guys offers, and they're just the union's just neglecting it. They're rejecting it, and they're just like, whatever. We're we're not going to do that. And the players, the MLBPA wants to play, wants to pay the players 100 percent of their guaranteed salary. The union's just like, no, we're gonna we're gonna look to pay them at least 75 percent. And you know, you know, you make up the loss of the the full 162 game season. But here's one thing that they have to keep in mind, especially with the the ball clubs and the GMs and everything. With all this pandemic, COVID. 19 stuff going on and right now it seems like it's not that much of a big deal anymore as it was back in March when it all first started but you start to wonder if I'm if we're gonna allow these teams to play how are we gonna fill the stands are you gonna just do a limited capacity in the ballparks, or are you gonna full send and say, okay, we're gonna fill the whole entire, we're gonna fill the whole entire ballpark? Maybe you, I, I don't know. It's it's just a question that we're all we're all wanting answers for, and some of us are still wondering, hey, like, is there gonna be an MLB season? Will there be will will there be October baseball? Will there be a World Series? We don't know. I mean, it's just and they're talking about how they're talking about how they're needing to propose an agreement come Monday of the plans. And the MLBPA league negotiator Bruce Meyer in a letter sent to Deputy Commissioner Dan. Halem on Saturday night and obtained by ESPN said, we demand that you inform us your plans by the close of business on Monday, June 15th. They're disappointed that the MLBPA has chosen not to negotiate with the faith over the resumption of MLB play has made three successive proposals that would provide players, clubs, or fans with, accessible resolution to a very difficult situation caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. So, so we continue to talk about this and I want to thank everyone for tuning in to the podcast today. You're listening to the Money Shot Sports Podcast. Deontay Pete here. Folks, this is just a trending thing that's been going on for the last month and the the fact of the matter is is that the players association is not one to budge i mean they're just like yeah we're, we're not sure if we're going to do this we're not sure if we're going to do that like we know it's 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 safe to say that they don't even want to play over 70 games of baseball this year and i get it i mean if you play a 60 game 50 game season then it, at at that point it really makes no sense to play baseball 
if you think about it. But here again, there's only so much that the union can do um, to make proposals to the the players' association, and the players' association keeps saying, "Okay, look, we're we're not going to do it. We don't want to. We're going to cut player salaries. We're going to do this. We're going to do that." Who knows what could happen tomorrow? Maybe they might say, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll play baseball, but we're going to do, they might even do 70 games. We don't know. They might, they might pay the players their whole entire salary. We just don't know. And they're talking about having an answer by the end of the day tomorrow. And we'll keep you guys updated closely on that. But if I'm a, I'm a major league baseball player. I'm like, man, what the heck? Like, I want to play baseball. And I understand the and and here's here's the idea. You guys know that the MLB season is 162 games. So you start the last. Usually, most teams start the last week of March and they run into the first week of October. And after that, postseason starts. That's a long season. And when you think about it, you think, okay, 162 games. I mean, maybe maybe you should, you know, have the conversation of maybe cutting the season down to 120 games, maybe, maybe even less. I would say you keep it in the hundreds. That way there's still, I mean, you still have um, – you still play all your division games. You play all your NL games. You play all your interleague games, which most NL teams are aren't really going to play any uh, interleague games. And a lot of a lot of AL teams are same situations. They're not going to play a whole lot of interleague interleague games. So you gotta yeah figure out how can you bunch all that into a shortened season. And the the problem is you start to think, okay, well, is spring training really necessary? I mean, spring training is a whole month and then some. Because they start, what, the last last week of February, middle February, and then they run into the end of March? Yeah, that's... I would say if you're going to do a preseason, make it at least one, two weeks long. And I get that the whole point of spring training is to get your young guys some time to see how they do. These veteran guys who have been traded or been signed at free agency, see what they can do. Because then that that determines who your starting lineup is going to be. But here again, I don't think you need a whole month and a half to prepare for that. I mean, you look at the NFL, and I, and I get baseball and basketball are different. The NFL is shaving down the number of preseason games now. And they're lengthening the schedule. Basketball. I mean, we've seen basketball. They play what? I mean, you got your summer league. And then, of course, at the beginning of the season, they play what? Eight eight preseason games. Which summer league is for all your rookies. Your young guys. Um, which which is understandable. You know, I, I understand. But summer league shouldn't be... Again, you got to cut summer league down. You got to cut the, the preseason schedule down. Because... I mean, just think about it. It's it's kind of pointless when you when you watch the NFL preseason. 
like it's like okay great you know I get to watch the Colts play I get to watch the the Buccaneers play but it's not it doesn't count for anything <laughs> they're just telling their undrafted guys to hey go in there and play they're telling their rookie guys hey we're we're going to we're going to rotate you guys in they're telling their starters we're going to play you one two possessions and then we're going to bench you the rest of the game which i understand that because you don't want to force the risk of injury so that i understand but what they need to realize is just in all sports so and i guess you can include hockey in there because hockey does play a preseason as well so what you have to realize is you got, you got to think about the fans and you got to think about the health of your players too now if they want to play i mean again if they want to play a whole if we're i mean we're talking about baseball for if they want to play a whole month and a half of of spring training baseball i mean i can't control that they can't so but but hear me out. I mean, it's just it's just one of those things that we talk about, and we wonder why why do they need a month and a half for spring training? Why do they need why do they need four weeks for preseason football? Why do they need all this time for 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 basketball? So as we continue to get you guys updated, keep you guys updated about the MLB and. We wanna we wanna figure find out answers. We wanna figure out is there gonna be an MLB season, and if so, how many games are gonna play? Because I I read something I read something online on ESPN about a few weeks ago, and it said, you know the the MLB teams are gonna make their monies if they, if they don't fill the stands, they're gonna make their money from the from the uh, from the TV market. I mean that's where they're gonna make all their money from, and it's tough because. You know, you got a a forty thousand seat ballpark like Chicago, and you know each ticket price is probably running anywhere from. I mean, depending on who's playing and what the what the where you're sitting. I mean, you're probably talking about eighty to up like maybe upwards to a hundred bucks just just for those kind of tickets though. And of course, it goes up as you. As you get closer to where you want to sit, you get closer to the field and all that other good stuff. But think about how much money that's being wasted just because you're not putting fans in the seats. You're, that's that's over that's over six hundred forty thousand dollars a game. That is a lot. And we're if we're talking about we're talking about six hundred forty thousand dollars. And let's do the math here. Six hundred forty thousand dollars. Let's say they play eighty two games. So I mean that's over that's over fifty two and a half million dollars right there, just in ticket revenue that they're losing. Of course they think they're gonna make up they're gonna make up for it because of you know the market the TV market and these 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 teams in these small market small market big market small market big market baseball do pretty well. For example, look at the Kansas City Royals, being small market baseball team. Um, I mean, just just look at Kansas City in general. You got the you got the Royals. You have the you have the Chiefs. Small small market city, Kansas City. There's nothing there. I mean, there's nothing big you can talk about. Like, hey, let's go to vacation to Kansas City. There's nothing there. But yet, the the market size for them. I mean, they're obviously they're building a lot of revenue from their sports. Just the just the 
the the football and the baseball that they have there. You talk about a market like Cincinnati. They have football and baseball. So probably about the same market size as Kansas City. But here again, like these small market teams are building great revenue. Just like these big market teams like New York, Chicago, um, Los Angeles. I mean, how many baseball teams are there in Miami? Or not in Miami. How many baseball teams are there in California? You got the Padres. You have the Angels, the Dodgers, and you have the, the, the Giants. So, 52 and a half million dollars over an 82 game season. That's that's a lot. <laughs> so, I don't know what what's what's gonna happen MLBPA. Are are we gonna have a season or what? Because I'm ready for some baseball. The fans are ready for some baseball. The players are ready for some baseball. Let's see it. Let's hear it. So, I know the owners are pissed off. And I, if I were owner of a ball club, I would be livid. Like, I, 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 can, I can't even understand the frustration of these owners, let alone the GMs. All because of the MLB Players Association. So, as we, like I said, we'll keep you guys updated on what's going on. And hopefully, like they said, by the end of the day tomorrow, there's, there's, there's an answer. So, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> we turn our attention to the NFL. And, of course, it's still June. And the NFL has talked about how they're going to go about rookie camps and how coaches can report to the facilities. And um, and we, we talk about how the NFL is going to go about their season this year. And same situation. Are they going to fill the stands? Are they going to put all... All the fans in a in a 60, 80,000 80, capacity stadium this year. Doesn't seem like they're going to cut any salaries, at least for right now. They haven't said anything about it, but who knows? Who knows what could happen? Anything could happen. We talk about, of course, what to watch for. And the the new rules of the NFL, as far as the schedule goes, and you know we just talked about it when we were just talking about the baseball. NFL is playing a 17 game season. Normally it's 16, but they're adding an extra game, cutting the preseason. And. They're making a seventh seed playoff format. So, we've talked about it before. Normally there's six teams, now there's seven. I think it's going to be, I, I think it's a good idea. Because now it's it makes it a fair, it, it, makes, it, it makes it a fair advantage. I, I think having seven teams should be, 
the way the way they should have started. I mean, they, they sh- this proposal should have happened like seasons ago. Of course, they're testing the waters about it, and um, so we get you guys caught up. Yeah, so as far as that goes, so they're doing 19 weeks as opposed to 17. So they're talking about how Monday Night Football could change. They're also talking about how the. They're also talking about how Monday night Monday night football, Sunday football. So your one one p.m., your four twenty fives, and of course your late games are going to be changed. And this this is supposed to be a proposal that's supposed to happen in twenty twenty one. Now, I I think this is a like I said I think it's a good idea because of course the players want to play more games they want to, they want to shorten the preseason and i think that's where the, that's where they're going with this um they want to make it to where and, and my question is if they do shorten this preseason are they going to start are they going to start the regular season earlier or are they just going to wait the next 2 weeks and then say okay we're ready to play football that's 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 a question that i'm wondering i'm wondering if they're going to do that so if they're gonna start, if they're just gonna start after Labor Day, like like always, like how they always do, um, so but we'll see. They usually have two to just to to start out the season on a Monday night. They usually have two Monday night games. There's usually like a, a like a seven o'clock game. They usually have like a ten or nine o'clock game. I couldn't remember, um, but usually they have two teams playing at once. I think it's a six o'clock game and a nine o'clock game. I couldn't remember. Um, but they, they've done it for the last few seasons, and I, I think it's a good way to start the the NFL season. Um, as you as you start to get those teams playing early, that way you can cut down. You can say, okay, well, and, and the one the one thing I do like about the NFL is that they they have the flex schedule. So, meaning that if a team's playing at a at a one o'clock game on a Sunday and you say, Okay, well we think this is gonna be a prime time game. We think that a lot of people are gonna watch this game. We're gonna play at eight thirty. And that's what they did, of course, with the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. They were playing um at home against the Buffalo Bills and that game was supposed to be a one o'clock game in Pittsburgh and the um the league said, Hey look we think this is going to be a good game, a good a good game that has playoff uh, playoff implications for both teams. We're going to make it an eight thirty game because there was they thought there was going to be a lot of people watching. And there was um, views went up for that game, and of course it was the Bills who won that game on in primetime football. But of course we're past that. But here again, Roger Goodell is talking about how they're going to be taking precaution as as each team and. Uh, organization needs to take precaution as they're as they're going back to the 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 locker rooms, they're going back to the training facilities and um, getting getting ready. So as of right now, we don't have any answers about how they're going to go about the NFL season, but hopefully we have something soon. Um, I would hope that they fill this fill the seats. I mean that would be that would be great because, like I said, for those of you who don't know, I'm a Steelers fan. <laughs> 
I said it, and uh, I, I I plan on going out to Pittsburgh a couple times this year to watch them play. So hopefully I have that opportunity to do so. Hopefully they, like I said, hopefully they get to play a full season and have fans in the stadium. We talk about division by division and kind of what to expect record-wise. So, I, I, I'm just going to go based off record because I know last time I talked about it, we talked about who would finish where in the division. So, we start out in the AFC East. So, the, the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Bills. So, in my eyes, I, I that's going to be a competitive division. And there's a lot of talent in that division. You got the Dolphins, obviously, with like five first-round draft picks in this year's draft. I think they won the draft. They got Tua Tagovailoa in the first round. Um, they added some more depth to some positions that they needed, where, where they need it. So, I'm going to look for the Miami Dolphins. Um, I think this is a Miami Dolphins team that's going to be a 7-9 team. I see um, as a lot of improvement. Brian Flores, head coach there, will be his second year with the with the, uh, with the the Miami Fens. And I, I, I see some improvement. I, I think there's some improvement there with the Dolphins. I think 7-9 will probably be their record spot there. We talk about the Buffalo Bills, a team, of course, that's been on the rise for the last few seasons now now that they kind of have their missing pieces jake from 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 georgia as a backup quarterback in the fifth round so i think that this buffalo bills team uh you get singletary devin singletary comes back the one thing that scares me about buffalo is their their wide receiver core all their wide receivers are very undersized and that that could be an advantage and that that uh, sometimes it can't be an advantage um, but they're quick. They they have some, like I said, they have a lot of depth there at the wide receiver position. Uh, their defense is really good. Defense played extremely well last year. They were a top top ten defense last year. I think top five. So defense stepped up. I think if Josh Allen comes out uh, playing, I mean, if he plays, if he plays all sixteen games this year, these this Buffalo Bills team will probably be a team that you could see go ten and six, maybe eleven and five. We talk about the New England Patriots. And by man, you start to wonder what's going to happen next now that Tom Brady's gone. Do you look at Jared Stidham, second-year man out of Auburn? And Jared Stidham, I like I said, I've watched him play at Auburn. And he had a couple bowl games under his belt. Do I, I don't think the Patriots are going to fold. I think the Patriots are going to be a team that's going to win nine games, nine and seven respectively, and they could prove me wrong. I just, I just, just now that they don't have Tom Brady, which of course you can say people have the argument of Tom Brady was this, Tom Brady was that, Tom Brady was a good quarterback, Tom Brady is a, um, is a is a system quarterback, which I I believe, and it's my opinion, my my own opinion. I think Tom Brady is a system quarterback, but yet he's definitely the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't I don't think you're ever going to see another another quarterback who's going to win six Super Bowl titles. That's just that's just point blank. So 
Bill Belichick, I mean, that defense has held its own. The Patriots' defense has had a lot of success in the last couple seasons. Again, they could prove me wrong, but here again, Jarrett Stidham, I, I, I believe Jarrett Stidham is the right man for the job. Um, we got to be able to see what he does in the preseason, though, just to see kind of if he is, if the Patriots do decide to call his number this year. We talk about the New York Jets, and I I, I, I don't know. And the reason why I don't know is because well, Le'Veon Bell didn't have his, didn't even, I don't even think Le'Veon Bell hit over 600 yards rushing last year. <laughs> And the problem is the Jets don't have an offensive line. Uh, their defense is suspect. Quarterback, young and experienced. Sam Darnold, I, I, I think Sam Darnold is a really good quarterback. Um, but I, 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 do I see potential in Sam Darnold? Yes, but I just think that he needs, he needs to develop his traits more to, to, for him to become an actual starting quarterback. I don't think Sam Darnold is ready to become is is starter ready as of right now. I just think there's just, just some flaws out there that he's missing. I think, um, you know, you, you, you gotta be able to teach him. You gotta be able to coach him up and say, Hey, look, relax. You got this. And I know that's easier said than done, but here again, you got to be able to coach these young these young quarterbacks up to to have a lot of confidence, and so that way they won't get down on themselves. And I think that the New York Jets are going to be a team that's going to win probably six games this year. I just again we we don't know, and they could prove me wrong, but just basing off what I what I believe and what I think, I think the New York Jets are a six win team in twenty twenty. We talk about the AFC South, the Colts, the Texans, the Titans, the Jaguars. And last season, it was the Titans winning out of this division. The Colts had held their own for the first few games, and Jacoby Brissett goes down, and Brian Hoyer plays three games and doesn't do them any good. The Texans had had some good opportunity. They had some good fortunes there at the beginning of the season and led them to the playoffs. But here again, they lost in the divisional round to the Kansas city chiefs. So you talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I remember 20, what was it? 2016, 20, 2017. You could talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars because they had one of the best defenses in the league. Blake Bortles was still pretty decent, and they had a good run game. Now the Jacksonville Jaguars, you you, you can't really say much about them anymore. You you just can't. And they're still trying to rebuild that defense to to be the best, but I think it's gonna it's gonna take a little bit of time. Um, the AJ Bouye. Um, uh, 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 Dante Fowler, Unique and Dockway, Clayus Campbell's no longer there. So, Jalen Ramsey. So, I, 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 it's just, it's just one of those things you talk about. And it's like, well, maybe, and then now you have, now you are still wondering who your quarterback's going to be. Either, I mean, of course, 
Nick Foles is gone. He plays for he plays for Chicago now, and now you got to look towards second year man out of Washington State and Gardner Minshew, who played decently well um, the first few games, and you know here again he just went through that stretch where just wasn't clicking. Offense wasn't clicking when he was at quarterback. So the Colts, DeForest Buckner. They drafted, or they didn't draft him. They signed him in a trade. And are they adding some talent to that defense? They are. The Colts have a really talented defense. Top 10 in football a season ago. And I I think when you're, to, to have a really good defense, your offense has to perform well. And that's, that's key. And I think if the Colts had, if the Colts had Andrew Luck last season, the Colts probably would have been in the AFC Championship game. That's just point blank. T.Y. Hilton doesn't go down. You don't have all your injuries in the wide receiver game. The Colts are a team to talk about. Colts are probably a twelve and four team with with Andrew Luck. If they had, if they still had Andrew Luck, they're a twelve and four team. You talk about Tennessee Titans. And as we continue to talk about the Colts a little bit, adding Phillip Rivers to that quarterback position. Phillip Rivers, the thing is, Phillip Rivers is a good quarterback. He just hadn't had a top-tier offensive line to play behind. So, something you got to take into account for. Okay, so maybe you think, okay, Phillip Rivers... I, I think Phillip Rivers is a guy that's going to get the job done in Indianapolis. I think the Colts are going to be a team that's going to be 10-6, 11-5. You talk about the Titans as we as we continue to talk about the Tennessee Titans and their success that they had last season. They went all the way to the AFC Championship game and got beat by Pat Mahomes and the, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, again, Jarrell Casey and that defense that the Titans have – has improved a lot. I mean, you've shown signs of improvement over the course of two, three seasons. Offensively, they bench Marcus Mariota, a man by the name of Ryan Tannehill. The Titans saved Ryan Tannehill's career. Let me say that again. The Titans saved Ryan Tannehill's career. When he came in at quarterback, Ryan Tannehill was like 21, and he had 21 touchdowns, like 21, 22 touchdowns, only six interceptions. And he led them to, they were an underdog in the AFC. They were a sixth seed. And they went all the way to the AFC Championship game. They knocked off the Patriots. They knocked off the the, the Ravens, a number one seed. So, let's see what the Ravens, or let's, excuse me, let's see what the Titans do this year. I think, personally, they'll be a team that's going to be, again, they're going to be up there 9, 7, 10, and 6. Um... The, the 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 Texans are it's this is going to be a division where there's, you're going to see three out of the four teams that have nine to ten wins. Um, of course we talk about the we talk about the Jaguars, and I again I I would say six wins, six and ten season at most, maybe seven and nine. They could prove me wrong, but. Here again, I just don't see a whole lot of hope in the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, AFC South, we talk about the AFC North. The Steelers, the Bengals, the Ravens, and the Browns. 
Last two seasons, it's been the Ravens taking the AFC North. And we talk about this Ravens squad and what they have turned out to be. Lamar Jackson, MVP last year. And Hollywood Brown, Mark Ingram. I mean, this... This Baltimore Ravens team is something to talk about. And Harbaugh's doing a really good job up there. Uh, he's been with them, what, 13 seasons now? One Super Bowl win. And I think they have the potential and the talent to go back. I think they could I think they could realistically be a team that goes to the Super Bowl. My the odds in my eyes were last season it was gonna be the Ravens and the Niners in the Super Bowl. A replay of 2010, or excuse me, 2000, 2011, I should say. 2012, actually. Colin Kaepernick and Joe Flacco, Harbaugh versus Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh versus John Harbaugh. At the time, now you got one Harbaugh versus, well, <laughs> not a Harbaugh. <laughs> so, but as we, as we continue to talk about this, and... Um, and the AFC North has been a competitive division. We've seen the the Browns, a team that hadn't had over what four wins since two thousand and whatever. <laughs> but seriously, you have to go back thus far, and you start the one. You start to think, okay, they're they're adding pieces to the puzzle. The Browns' defense has improved. Stepped up, Miles Garrett. Um, they did have uh, they, Denzel Ward, Demarius Randall. Um, this defense is something to talk about, and I think once and like I said, your defense has to play well to have a good offense. Offense has to play well to have a good defense, I should say. Um, Baker Mayfield. This will be his what third, fourth season out of Oklahoma. Now that they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb was arguably one of the best running backs in the league last season. And you add some depth to that wide receiving core. Don't be surprised if the Browns are a competitive team in this division. They knocked off Pittsburgh once last last season already. <clears throat> the Browns, I I think I think the Browns will be a team. Last year they went 7 and 9. I think there'll be a team that wins. I, I'm gonna say nine to ten games. I I think the Browns have what it takes to be a, a competitor in this division. They have the missing pieces to the puzzle. They have a really good offense. They have a decently good defense. It's all up to Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield needs to show up to play on offense. Defense needs to show up and do their job. The Browns are going to win some games this year. The Bengals. You got Joe Burrow. That's about it. And and the, the we talk about we talk about the Bengals. And great, they added a they added a new quarterback. Their running back game is still good. Overall, their team still sucks. 
<laughs> it's just plain simple. But here again, like it's just it's just one of those things because Cincinnati has never had Cincinnati has never had a big big star next to the last big star you can say they had Cincinnati had. You got to go back to like Chad Ochocinco. And you know AJ Green's still good. AJ Green's also up there in age. We don't know if AJ Green is healthy yet, but they say that he's he's he should be good to go this season. And but the the Bengals scare me because they might have they might start off the season really well and they might just go downhill from there. I think Joe Burrow brings a lot to the table. I think the Bengals are going to be a competitive team. I, six games, six and ten, will be a Bengals record this year. The Pittsburgh Steelers. I think I still have my terrible towel somewhere. I got to find it. Um, the Steelers. I I'm not going to be biased. I'm, I'm going to be straight up because. The last couple seasons, the Steelers have developed their defense. And last year, they were a top five defense. T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, Joe Hayden, Devin Bush, taken out of the first round last year from Michigan. They traded a first round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick. Terrell Edmonds. Cameron Hayward. You get it. Mike Hilton. And the Steelers defense. The defense is what won them games last year. Of course, offense, you know, you, you lose you lose Ben Roethlisberger, Big Ben, and your carouseling between your carouseling between Mason Rudolph and Delvin Devlin Duck Hodges. I see some better fortunes out of the Steelers, and I, I hope that James Conner plays all 16 games this year. It seems like he wanted to play every other game, sit out, play every other game. Steelers did add some depth to the running back game and Anthony McFarlane Jr. from Maryland. Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels. And in the wide receiving game, they added Chase Claypool from Notre Dame. He's a 6'5", 240-pound wide receiver. This dude has some size on him. And for these for these cornerbacks and safeties, it's I, it's, it's going to be a nightmare for those guys. I mean, this guy, this Claypool, Chase Claypool is going to come in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> and if Ben Rossberg comes back healthy, the Steelers' O-line you know, stays healthy. They don't have any injuries. Juju Smith-Schuster plays well. Deontay Johnson plays well. James Washington. Deion Kane. I, I think that the Steelers team can win, respectively, 10-11 games. Now, I heard on ESPN there was an insider that said that they would go 13-3, and and I started laughing. <laughs> That's just it, though. So, 13-3, and or excuse me, 10-6, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, and that's just it. Mike Tallman needs to get his act together, or else he's going to be gone. And I think the Steelers have what it takes to 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 make it make a make a seventh Super Bowl run. The Ravens, 
again, another solid team. And like we, we just talked about them, they ran the division last two seasons. Twelve and four. I think the Ravens are going to be twelve and four. Um, I I would like to see. It, it would be nice to see the Steelers win that division, but I just with with the Ravens, I, it's going to be tough. It's like I said, the whole division is just going to be tough this year. Next, well, not counting, not counting in the Bengals, but it's it's going to be a tough one. So we move on to the AFC West and. A division of the Super Bowl, reigning Super Bowl champions, the Seattle Seahawks, the Oakland Raiders, the Denver Broncos, and the Chargers. So, right off the bat, I can tell you right now that the Chiefs are going to win that division. They're going to be a team that's going to be 13 and 3. I would probably 13 and 3 on the high side, low end, 11 and 4, or 11 and 5, uh, give or take. We talk about the, <clears throat> excuse me. We talk about the Oakland Raiders, um, how they added some missing pieces to the puzzle. Or now, not the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. This team is going to be a team that's probably going to win eight to nine games this year. See how Derek Carr plays out. The Chargers. You add Justin Herbert, quarterback from Oregon. Um, young guy who's probably going to play behind Tyrod Taylor. Six games, seven games, respectively, for the Chargers um, as they look to play in that new stadium this year uh, as they're sharing it with the Rams. The Denver Broncos, Drew Locke comes in at quarterback. Um, again, nine nine games, nine and seven. I think this Philip Lindsay and... This Denver Broncos team, this Denver Broncos defense needs to get back to what they were back in 2014. So, the NFC, <clears throat> and we talk about the NFC, NFC East. So, a competitive division um, with the, or excuse me, not not so much of a competitive division, despite only being two teams in that division that are competitive. A division that division of teams with the Dallas Cowboys, the New York Giants, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Washington Redskins. This division last year was weak as hell. <laughs> it was. And none of those teams finished over over nine nine wins. And that's just that. So I think my early predictions right now, the Eagles, um, nine and seven, ten and six. The Cowboys, ten and six, eleven and five. The Giants, six wins on the high side, and the Redskins, probably five. Um, and who knows? I my predictions could be wrong. That's just my. That's just going off what I what I think. Um, and if you think you that you prove me wrong, then you prove me wrong. Talk about the NFC South. Oh my gosh. Division of the Tampa Bay Patriots. 
The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski. The Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, and the New Orleans Saints. And the Saints have had their misfortunes. Um, and it's only been because they fall, they always fail in the playoffs. And last year they lost to the Minnesota Vikings, who beat them two seasons beforehand when Case Keenum was the quarterback for the Vikings and the Minneapolis Miracle. Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, if they play well this year, they'll win 10 games. Carolina, five, six wins, respectively. Um, New Orleans, 11-5, and 12-4 is where I'm going with that. And the Atlanta Falcons, 9, 9-7, nine, 10-6. That's just what my bold predictions are with that division and record wise we move on up to the nfc north a division of the green bay packers the chicago bears the detroit lions and the minnesota vikings and again another competitive division i guess you can say for the top (laughs) the top two teams in that division the vikings and the packers and the Bears adding Nick Foles might bring them some help. The Detroit Lions, Matthew Stafford comes back healthy. I think they're they might be something to talk about. But I think the Vikings, Kirk Cousins comes back, plays plays really well like he did last season. Eleven five. Um. The Green Bay Packers, they've had their misfortunes. I'm going to go 10 and 6. The Chicago Bears 7 and 9 and I'm going to go with an 8 and 8 from the Detroit Lions. So my predictions there for the NFC North. We go to our last division, the NFC West. And this might just be a competitive division this year. You have the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, and the Rams. And we took, we, I mean, you could talk about a couple seasons ago, you could talk about the Rams because the 49ers were in the talk. The Seahawks were still on the rise, trying to get back to where they need to be. And the Cardinals just were the Cardinals. (laughs) So. Jimmy G, the Niners. I think they. I think they could. I think they have what it still takes to make another playoff Super Bowl run. I think that it's not. It ain't gonna be easy. Of course, no playoff run, no Super Bowl runs ever easy for any team. Unless you have an easy schedule, then then you can say so. I think for the 49ers, you're looking at 11 and five record. The Seahawks, 10 and six. The the Rams nine and seven, ten and six, and I'm gonna go with the Cardinals a nine and seventeen, a nine and seven team. The reason why, of course, they added some strength to that wide receiving core, DeAndre Hopkins. 
Kyle Murray set a rookie record last year, and I think he comes back his second season ready to, to, to prove more. Um, and that's that's why I think that they're going to be where they are, where they're going to be this year, if you know, if and so. For the Rams, again, a couple seasons ago, you can talk about the Rams. You can talk about Jared Goff. You can talk about how good that defense, that offense was, and defense was. But they don't have Todd Gurley anymore. So there you go. There's your answer. Nine and seven team on the low end. Jared Goff, last couple seasons, last year, probably most overrated quarterback. Everyone hyped up Jared Goff like he was something special. He's not not anymore. The Jared Goff era um, is is not there anymore. I think you gotta I think you gotta calm down a little bit. <laughs> the Seahawks had their misfortunes last year. Their offensive line just needs to get get better. And Russell Wilson struggles with that a lot because he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off in the backfield, um, trying to find an open target. And now that he's got some more open targets, let's say Chris Carson comes back healthy this year. There you go. Chris Carson comes back healthy. DK Metcalf's on his game this year. Seahawks will be a team to talk about as well. So, record by record, division by division. That's just what I see it as, and I could be wrong, and it's still early to say, but um, those are just my bold predictions for how the NFL records, how the teams are going to do record by record. So, with that being said, folks, we want to thank everyone for tuning in to the show today. Like us on the gram, follow us. We'll give you a shout-out on the show. For now, say so long. Thanks for tuning in to the Money Shop Sports Podcast, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll see you back here on Wednesday.